Uh, I think there are people that have been affected by something and we don't want to talk about it or society has put this on them that you know don't talk about your depression it is especially within certain cultures and stuff like that um, I uh, I think that you just need to give people space to be open about it yeah you know these I, kids you, you just got to be their friend you know when I think back the reason why I think I was able to get out of everything that was going on was because my parents constantly made it, it this kind of, I know I was saying I was anxious about this earlier, but they constantly made me talk to people. Okay, hi everybody, and welcome to the Undo Anxiety Podcast. I'm Dr. John Duffy. I am your host. Um, and as always, I so appreciate you protecting some time for myself and uh, my guests here. The idea of Undo Anxiety is through the sharing of stories and ideas. Hopefully, we unravel and shake off and undo some of the undue anxiety we all suffer unnecessarily. And um, I am really excited to be sitting across from John today. Welcome, man. Hey. <laughs> um, John is going to generously, I think, right? I'm, I'm going to, I'll, I'll lay the bait out here at the beginning, uh, share with us um, a fascinating story of what I think might have something to do with undue anxiety. It does. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, I think and, so. And how he kind of went through it and came through it and is, I think, on the back end. So um, I've known you for years. Where do you think a good starting point would be? Good starting point. I mean, maybe around the time that we kind of Maybe a few years before I met you. Okay, so I met you, I think you were in seventh grade or so. Seventh right? grade, yeah. And you yeah. are how old now? I'm 22, so I'm in like seventh, uh, 17th grade? 17th or, or grade. Or something. You are in 15th grade. <laughs> yeah, 17th grade. No, 16th grade. Yeah. Right. In college. A, a good 16th grader. Yeah. Yes. All right, so, so bring me back to like maybe fifth grade or so. What, yeah. kind, what kind of a kid were you? What kind of a kid was I? I mean, I, I went to CCD. Yep. I... Uh, Hated CCD. Yeah, I <laughs> fought my parents about that all the time. I, CCD is is Catholic um, education, typically for public school kids. Correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I I, I start with that because the story has a lot of uh, you know faith elements with that, and uh -huh. I started with that, and you know around that time I started. Uh, are you good? Okay. Yeah. Around that time, I you know, and I didn't know this, but I started hanging out with like a a really strange crowd when I went to uh, park. I was at Cossid and then yeah. I went over to park and all of these different, and I, I didn't realize this till you kind of pointed out later that I was just suffering through so much anxiety that I didn't even know it was happening. Yeah. You know, it's hard, isn't it? When you're, when you're 12 years old or so to put a name to it. And you know, the word anxiety is meaningless, right? Meaningless. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like if it, the same thing was happening to me now, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm just having anxiety. I'm just, you know, worried or something like that. But back then, I didn't know what was happening, and that uncertainty kind of made it so much worse. Did you know, in retrospect anyway, did you know you were suffering something? Did you know, like, mm, something's not right here? Or did you just think, like, I'm going to avoid the stuff that makes me uncomfortable? You know, I didn't even do that. I wasn't even at that point. I wasn't even avoiding uh, that. Kind of came later once I realized what was happening. I started avoiding things and doing that. Back then, I was just going through it and hating everything. <laughs> you know, I, was, yeah, I just didn't know what was happening. And, yeah. You know, so that led. I, I go to park, and you know, going into park, I have incredible test grades. You know, like my math 
skills, whatever, all that, the, the placement testing, I'm like at the upper end, right? I'm like in advanced stuff. Like 99th percentile across the board. In math. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so other stuff, you know, still still good. Yeah. Um, you know, I go into park just instantly, you know, <laughs> just falls apart. I'm on the basketball team. Park is yeah. a junior high school, 7th and 8th grade. 7th and 8th grade, yes. Okay. yes. So I, I'm on the basketball team. I get kicked off the basketball team. I start – truancy starts happening a lot. I uh, My grades just plummet. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Uh, grades plummet? Grades plummet. Um, and by the time I'm in 8th grade, I have to – <laughs> the public school, they didn't say you need to leave. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I like the pause here. <laughs> but they certainly weren't encouraging me to stay. <laughs> this is true. I remember I remember a meeting or two. Yeah, a meeting or two. Yes. A, a, a part of that was just because I had so much public speaking anxiety that there was this one time. I, I, I didn't even realize what was going on, but I just hated – speaking in front of an English class, which I just love doing now. So right, right, right. Very odd. Um, and uh, so I just, my parents go on this weird odyssey of trying to find me a home in school and education. And they they take me to three different private schools and homeschooling. Because they realize the public school is not going to work for John. Not going to work. So we're going we're gonna to have to find some alternative. We're going to have to get real creative here. Real creative. Yes. And, 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 and during this time, I mean, I was just so, I feel so bad for my parents. You know, I, I, I talk to them about it sometimes. I just feel so bad because I was just such an awful kid. And I, yeah, I think about what, what's going to happen if I have a kid. I'm like, I don't want to do this because uh, I'm going to get punished or something. But Wait, can I stop you there for yeah, a second? Sure. So um, is that, in, in all honesty, is that a fair assessment? Were you an awful kid or were you an anxious kid doing awful things? You know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. what's, what's fair to say here? I mean, I... Uh, you were difficult. I was difficult. Yeah. Very difficult. I can't think of a more difficult person <laughs> I knew. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I was like you've said, I was always very kind to people, and that's kind of never changed. And I have always had a really great relationship with my parents. Like you know, they've always just been amazing, and they always were there for me. Um, they really were. I mean, yeah. that's a striking thing about that time. I mean, yeah. I, I remember marveling at your mom and dad and how um, uh, how how they were able to hang with you through all these difficult times and always thinking like, what's the right thing for John? What's the right thing for John? You know, like never, I don't know if I remember a moment when either of their egos like kind of took over. It always felt like, you know, we're, we got to find a way to serve yeah. my kid right. Yeah, I mean, we're, do, we're doing them a disservice somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And they were always trying to figure things out. And it, 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 it's something I've learned going through this process. I'll talk to other people's kids or something if they're going through something similar or the parents um, and something I've learned is that I can't really tell them what to do because mm. my parents tried everything. Right. You right. know, they, they tried different schools. They tried different therapies. They tried different medications. They all tried taking me different places, you know. And this, this is something I think a lot of people listening will be able to relate to is, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you have an anxious kid who's 11, 12, 13 years old, and they finally realize, oh, something's not right. Mm -hmm. They act out in some way that's yep. um, egregious and noticeable. And then you start, then the cavalry comes in. Do we bring therapists in? Do we get medication involved? Do we get them into a, 
a sport? Do we bring to a different school? What's yeah. the solution? Before we even move forward, uh -huh. take us back for a second, if you don't mind. Sure. Where do you think this started for you? You know, the, the whole, and, and we're using the anxiety term loosely, but it feels like even diagnostically it was the right word, yeah? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, a, a, and maybe some depression with that. And I've heard you say, and it's so true, that anxiety is depressing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think they, I, I <laughs> not run into a situation, honestly, where they don't run together. Anxiety yeah. is depressing. Yeah. And depressing, depression can be anxiety provoking. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. they're yeah. interwoven. They, we they like to think together. they're discreet, but they don't. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, it's hard. It really happened once I went to the other school. Uh, once I went to Park, once I became in seventh grade, and you know, I, I started hanging around kids in such an early age to do like just dumb things. Mm -hmm. I think you know, you're 12, you know, what 12 year olds are like out drinking and smoking and right, you know, doing drugs. This is just such a weird when I think about it now, it's like that was so young to do that, and it wasn't the nature of the culture of the school to do that necessarily. I mean, certainly, you found guys to do it with, yeah, I assume, right. But this wasn't like the norm. It, well, well, yeah, I guess you know maybe as you got older, it became the norm, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, but n n definitely not in seventh grade. There right. was a, there was this portion of kids, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think once that started happening, I just all this anxiety and stuff started coming out that I just didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, you know. And and did, did drinking and the like um, alleviate it? Did did it feel like it was a way to manage it, or did you no. feel? No. No. See, I, I, I don't think I really experienced anxiety until I started kind of doing those things. And made, I don't know if it was like if I was trying to hide things from people, if that was kind of anxiety provoking or just well, doing why, that. Why do you I think know. you started doing some of this? Um, I'm going to use the word delinquent. I don't love the word, but you yeah. know, this, this stuff that probably is not what most parents want their 12 year olds doing. I think I was bored or yeah. something, you know? Yeah. I think I, well, I, and I might have been trying to figure out something to do. You know, yep. I, I like I, I was I didn't know what to do with my life. You know, at such a young age, people are already talking about college and stuff like that. And I'm <laughs> dealing and, with that. And was that weighing on you at, uh, in seventh grade? I mean, I know that we put a lot of pressure on kids, but I mean, <laughs> are we doing it at 12? <laughs> I mean, I, I think it, at least for high school, because my parents were really pushing me to get better grades and stuff. And they weren't bad about it or anything, but I think it was just the normal parental know. encouragement. Yeah, yeah, normal parental encouragement. Yep. So, you know, just it, it all just stemmed from that time period and got worse until it got better. Was it was it kind of a self-fulfilling thing when you were in, in middle school? Did you feel like um, before you switched uh -huh. to, to another school, did you feel like, OK, well, I'm doing some of these things um, that that, you know, are outside the norm uh -huh. um, in, in the delinquent category, sure. I suppose. Um, and. I, I really don't know my way around it, and so I kind of define myself through these things now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, 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 definitely. I, I think I thought it was cool. Yeah. I think I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm one of the cool kids now. Like, uh, people like me, and I, I definitely started building an identity around that. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I, <laughs> I got really long hair, you know, past my shoulders. I, I, 
maybe John will get, give me a, allow me to put a post a picture when I post the website <laughs> this podcast of his really long hair. But he is not kidding, man. I mean, he had like '80s rocker long hair. <laughs> So yeah, I, I start I start going to like festivals or something, yeah. you know, and I, I uh, the music, everything. It just kind of became hardcore cool. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were you starting to play the guitar yet? I yeah, I started playing in seventh grade. Got it. During that time, and you know, I picked up the guitar because I wanted to meet women, right? Yeah, I think that's you why everyone cool. that's that's why everyone wants to play it, right? Right. right. Yeah. So that's but you know, you know, looking way into the future, and I was just talking to my mom about this the other day. I mean, music, it had such a big part of, in my opinion, just saving my life. You know, whether that meant saving my career goals or, you know, wherever I could have ended up, uh, it just, it played such an amazing part in healing for me, I think. It was the first thing I remember you committing to, mm. you know, um, even, even when you were doing a whole lot of things that I think none of us wanted you to be doing, mm -hmm. you were you were perfecting that instrument, right? You were, you were engaged in music and it might not have been, I mean, although I don't even, I was gonna say it might not have been the music your parents wanted you to listen to, but I don't even know if they cared. I think they were just glad you were engaged in something. And I think they probably liked the music more than I did. I mean, it was, it was probably mostly like 70s or 60s, like, you know, Jimi Hendrix or something, my mom loves that stuff. Right, oh, and for sure it was Jimi Hendrix yeah. and yeah. And, yeah, that uh, whole culture. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, you were playing classic rock and classic and some old school metal stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot I was playing old school metal stuff. Right, that's how I got started. You know, old school metal stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. So, so where do we go from there? So now we're back to this point where your parents realize, okay, you're not you're not engaging in the in in the Park um, yeah. Junior High education system. You're really not going. You really and you stopped going I for stopped a while, right? Going. <laughs> like, let's not let's pause on this for a moment. <laughs> since since that time, yeah. actually, right around that time. Yeah. Um, there was a diagnosis that came up. I don't know if you and I have talked about this. Uh -huh. um, in the DSM, the Diagnostic Manual of Mental Disorders, uh -huh. called school refusal, which okay. always seemed like a funny diagnosis to me because it seems more like a symptom than a di like you know. Because mm. I would have kids in my office saying, "Well, I can't go to school. I have school refusal. You know, like I have this. <laughs> I'm afflicted. I have. You know, like, <laughs> and and that never really resonated with me. I always thought, well you're anxious to go to school or you're depressed and you so can't, you yes. can't get, you get through the doors or something. Yeah, yeah. What was it for you? What, you know, what made you stop? It's, <laughs> you know, it, it, I, I laughed because it was just, it's an ongoing joke between me and my friends because this continued all the way into high school, right? And, oh, right. And, and even up until my senior year, I would be just missing tons of school. <laughs> and, you know, I remember one day, so we have this beach day and uh, it, it's funny because the beach day, everyone goes to this beach at our high school, right? Yep. And I, I didn't know this. You know, this is a small school. I didn't know it. So I walk in. Everyone's in bathing suits. And they say, hey, John, it's beach day. I just walk out. I just go home. <laughs> you know? It was just, is I didn't want right? to be there. You know, for, for that period, I didn't want to be at school. You know, uh, I, I felt like I wasn't learning anything. Uh -huh. I felt uh, I was incredibly depressed and uh, unmotivated to have anything to do with the people there. Um, at, at my high school, which I know we'll get to, I, yes. I think I felt like I might not fit in mm -hmm. really, uh, cause it was a, just a very different school than, yeah. than the uh, culture was a wild change, wild change. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, 
I think that it was really just that I was really unmotivated yeah. to, to go. And I was so anxious about having to perform certain things, whether it be public speaking or or just daily interactions, which is weird because I'm a really outgoing guy. Yep. I've always thought about that. I, I hate interacting with people, but I'm I feel like I'm very good at it. It's it's <laughs> it's a striking thing, isn't it? Um, so you can't assume yeah. much about anybody, right? Because yeah. even somebody who seems like type A outgoing um, extrovert yeah. might be really anxious about talking to people, you yes. know, you know, and, and you're one of those guys, right? <laughs> and and um, I can verify, John, and you can probably hear it, anybody who's listening is really, really great at interacting with people, really warm, and, um, you know, it's fun to talk to you, and yet I know some of this interaction maybe to this day makes you anxious a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I mean, that, that I think that had a lot to do with the two, interacting with teachers, great at it. Right. Really, I think, stresses me out. Or yeah. e- interacting with friends and all that stuff, just, it drains me. And at the end of the day, I just need to, like, go home and do nothing. You know? Right, right, right. Otherwise, you know, I, uh, otherwise I just can't do it the next day. So do you think part of it is that you're more introverted than extroverted and you just need to charge your batteries by just strumming a guitar, sitting in, mm-hmm. in peace, meditating a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 if, I, if I don't do that, then... Every day is just so much harder. It's important to know this about yourself, yeah. isn't it? Oh, it's very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, do you, what do you think of um, how we look at kids? I mean, now that, now that you are an adult and you can kind of reflect back on this, um, when we see a kid who seems like trouble, bad news, mm-hmm. which, in fairness to your parents, we never got that either from them, that, you know, I think my kid's bad news. Yeah. You know, it was never that. But... Yeah. Um, but I would imagine that we could find a teacher at Park or some mm-hmm. parent from, from Park that was like, you know, I don't want you hanging around with this John kid, you know? <laughs> um, I know a few. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and so do you ever think there's a kid that's bad news? Or do you think like, mm, I'm guessing that kid has some depression, anxiety going on, and this is the way it's manifesting for them. This is, this is the wheelhouse they were able to find that was comfortable enough. Yeah, I, I think that... It's always that case. I don't think there are bad people. Uh, I think there are people that have been affected by something, yeah. and we don't want to talk about it. Or if society has put this on them that, you know, don't talk about your depression, it is, especially within certain cultures and stuff like that. Um, I, uh, I think that you just need to give people space to be open about it. Yeah. You know, these I, kids, you, you just got to be their friend. You know, when I think back, the reason why I think I was able to get out of everything that was going on was because my parents constantly made and this is kind of, I know I was saying I was anxious about this earlier, but they constantly made me talk to people. You know, they'd have my uncle come over and just talk to me and they, you know, they'd let him, me say anything I wanted to them. They'd let me go talk to you and they'd bring adults that had experience and I didn't want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. But even now when I think about it, I reflect back to it and it's just some of the best memories I've had because it helps me. You yeah, your, your, your parents built mentors into your life, yeah. themselves included, but yeah. other people. I forget that there's uncles and these other people, other adults, that, uh, and, and eventually this did have an impact. So part of, part of your message would probably be don't hesitate to do that with your kids. Like oh, don't, yeah. don't let them shut down. Yes. Keep them open and be, be available to them on an ongoing basis and keep – I like what you – it was a – it was just a moment, but I like what you said about like – you just have to be their friends. Yeah. And there's this backlash about parents kind of befriending their kids. Yeah. But when I think about your relationship with your parents, 
I think of it as a very friendly relationship. I don't think of it as like this kind of like um, authoritarian parent down to this, you know, uh, powerless child. I think of it as always been, it's always felt like it's been a discussion. You know, it, it's funny. Yeah, I, I was hoping that talking to you, I'd kind of learn some stuff about myself. Uh, <laughs> that is the idea. I, I, <laughs> five years of grad school, I should be able to pull that off. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because I just thought about it. It, it was always kind of like that. Uh-huh. Uh, but for after I started going through this, when I was maybe 14 or 15, there was a real shift from them being really, and they would still, you know, be hard on me on certain things. Sure. But it became way more friendly. It became, I don't know what happened. I'm trying to think about that now. But after that happened, maybe a year later is when things started to get much better for me. Do you think they, think they might have realized that instead of just being difficult and challenging their parenting skills, they recognized, oh, John's anxious and depressed. And, you know, and we, it's not, he's not just testing us. Yeah. You know, it's not just sport. He's not just being a jerk about things. There's a reason that his behavior manifests the way it does. Yeah, and I think my my dad especially, because I know he has depression, and he, he his kind of our entire family sort of does. You know, uh, we're a psychiatrist's favorite family, I guess. Um, <laughs> not, not many family trees, in fairness, are free of anxiety and depression. Uh, but I get your point. Yeah. Right, it's 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 helpful in a way. Yeah. That he could relate to you, right? Yeah, and and my uncle and my cousins, they all they're all on meds. Right. Which is maybe not. The best thing to put out. <laughs> you know, you, you guys don't know them, so we're it's not, fine. We're not offering social security numbers or yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of people are on meds, yeah. you know, to cope and to make it through. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's take it from from junior high. Yeah. Or, or when when did you make the change to the new high school? It was after spending some time at the public high school, right? No, no. So I, I go take the placement test at the high school. I know I'm not going there. I don't know why, I just had a feeling I'm not going there. Okay. Uh, so they find this really small high school. It has 100 kids. The public school, which is uh, in LaGrange, I would have gone to as 4,000. Right. So I went from 4,000 to 100. We are we are in a, a set of just just to give people context. Um, if you're if you're not from the Chicago suburbs, we're in a set of little towns that are very tightly kind of knitted together. Mm -hmm. And this school that John's talking about of a hundred kids, I've I've been doing this job for 22 years. About 15 of them in this area, I'd never heard of this place. Yeah. So the, the, and it's what five miles from where we're sitting, maybe oh, closer. Three. It's seven minutes from here. Seven minutes yeah. from here, and I'd yeah. never heard of this place. Never so, heard of it. And this it, was John's high school. My high school, yeah. and you know, it, it, it's right across the street from where I was born, essentially. Right. The, right. the, the Hinsdale Adventist Hospital. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so I go there, and uh, I know you came in, and it, it seemed like such a weird fit for me because they're a very Christian school. It's not like, a, you know, they're just Christian in the name. It's like, you know, every class they, they talk about it. Um, yeah, religion was the core of the school, of the and school. it was physically evident Everywhere you looked, right? Everywhere. I mean, yeah, everywhere. Yep. And and it, it was especially weird because I was an atheist at the time. And I remember posting on like atheist web boards, like, "What are Adventists? Uh, who are these people? I'm scared." Because <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever heard. Right, of it. I mean, right. you, you might hear about the hospitals or something like that, uh -huh. but you never heard of these people. And it, so you thought like my parents are signing me up for a cult without telling me, huh? yes, something like that. Yes, yes, yes right. something like that. And I felt that way going there. Um, because the people there were just so nice. Yeah. The teachers were so personal. Mm -hmm. They always took an interest in me. The kids 
we're just <laughs> you know there's such great people that I still we do class reunions like every month you know you know I've been graduated there for like four years you know I think about um when when we first walked in there you know there was this day where um your parents asked me to come along and and so we all checked it out uh-huh. and um and I remember thinking and I'm just a nod to your parents, you know, I remember thinking, this is never going to work. John, John is never going to like it here. Um, and to hear you say that, I mean, I, it would be interesting to go back to your 15-year-old self and say, not only are you going to like it here, you're going to find a lot of your core being here, and you're going you're gonna to love reunions. You're gonna, these people oh, yeah. that you're with, you're gonna, these are going to be your friends for life. And yes. I think you'd have been like, what are you talking about? Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to show up here half the time. <laughs> and I didn't show up there half right, the time. Right. And, you know, I say class reunions, that was 15 people. So that's how big our class was. Literally. Literally. Uh, 15 people. And, yeah. I, uh, you know, when I'm going there... Uh, None of the other, I mean, I think I knew one or two other people there that were into some of the delinquent stuff that we were talking about. So it was a very different group of people. Yeah. And I, what I started, it's funny. My dad has always said that you are the five people that you hang around the most. And before I was hanging out with people that were either selling drugs all the time um, or always uh, drinking or something like that. And it went from that to these kids that were really focused on school, really focused on uh, music and education, and just overall, you know, they do a lot of community service and stuff at the school. Um, So just going, that change of setting, the scenery and the people that I was around was a huge impact. It's it's a mind-boggling shift. And, and, And my initial thought, just to hear you say it now, is, wow, you know, I would think that the kid who's used to hanging around with the guys who are dealing uh-huh. would look at this place and say, oh, this is so bogus. I want nothing to do with this. I'm out. <laughs> right? Am, I, am no. I close? Did no. you have that vibe? Oh, I had that vibe the entire, I mean, first three years I was there. Because uh-huh. while I was going there and hanging out with them, I was still doing that stuff. Right. You know, so I was still, you know, we'd have, you know, chapel in the afternoon and by, uh, you know, 5 p.m. that night we were selling drugs or smoking or something in someone's car, you know. Was there, was there, in those days, was there active dissonance in your mind? Did anything, any part of you think like, I'm leading a double life here. Who am I? This doesn't make any sense. (laughs) It's funny because no, because I told everyone there, I was very adamant, like, you know, this is who I am. You know, don't try and talk to me about certain things. Like, I don't want to hear it. Like, uh, but I was always very friendly and all these friendships just continued to grow. And by the time I was a junior, I, uh, they let me play in their band and they let me, uh, you know, do these different musical things. And I was a junior and I was at my house. <laughs> my poor mom, this kid, this kid comes over and he, he just has uh, all sorts of problems. And I'm prescribed Xanax for anxiety. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we can talk about this on your show. We can. So far, <laughs> but, I think we're okay. <laughs> but, you know, so everyone's over there and we're doing a lot of stuff. And, you know, um, it, it's a very strange night. And, you know... You're doing drugs and stuff. We're doing You're, drugs and yeah. stuff. We're storing Xanax and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he leaves. And I, I don't know where this kid goes. I don't care. So he's gone. <laughs> and uh, I make a giant plate of chicken nuggets. I'm ready to eat, man. And this, uh, his mom calls me and says, you know, he got lost because he's around the house. And I say, okay. 
And, uh, you know, I have just terrible anxiety at this point because at that point, you know, you're taking Xanax to fill your anxiety, but then you're taking it for, uh, you know. Once you do, <laughs> I'll, I'll finish this. I, wa I want people to hear this just in case they have somebody taking Xanax recreationally. Xanax is a very effective anti-anxiety agent. Yeah. But when you do Xanax bars or you're, or yes. you're snorting Xanax, yeah. suddenly – um, an anxious person can get much more anxious, <laughs> yeah. right? And and you're fatigued and you're messed up, and yeah. you know. It's, so it's it's kind of a not not the most pleasant trip, from what yeah. I understand. Yes. Yeah. So so his mom comes over. <laughs> this, this is why I say my poor mom. My mom comes out there. They have at it, and you know, mom the mom, mom the mom, yeah. and and then the kid gets involved, and it's just this crazy scene. And at the end of it, uh, you know, a cop comes and all this stuff, and uh, the next day. After that, I had so much anxiety with that stuff. I, <laughs> my, my mom and my dad are in the living room. I'm, I'm going up to my room. I'm getting, like, bongs and, like, uh, pipes and all these different things, and I'm just bringing them downstairs and throwing them in the trash. Is that right? Oh, yeah, and they're just sitting there because I, I just – I had so much anxiety about doing those things then because, like, the cops and all that stuff, I couldn't touch it anymore. So there was there was a ground zero night for you where you did, where, where you went cold turkey on all this cold stuff. <laughs> this is, it's interesting. Like so, you thought you were going to learn something. I'm learning something here as well. I didn't know that this happened. So so after a drug fueled night, yes. you and and some drama, you decided I'm done. I didn't even decide. It's like my body decided. You know, like because when I thought about doing it or even hanging around people that did, I would just get so sweaty and like so my stomach would just be turning and all this stuff. And while anxiety is a bad thing, right. I credit that anxiety because it made me stop. You know, anxiety often is is a pretty good signal to the to the mind, isn't it? Like uh -huh. the body telling the mind, like. I can't do this anymore, man. We're mm -hmm. gonna do something different. I'm gonna make it happen, right? I yeah. mean, yeah. So, so the problem comes. I stop all that. The problem comes is that anxiety doesn't go away, you know. So, the, so I had anxiety and stuff before, but this time it's really manifested in like physical ailments, like mm -hmm. uh, to the point where when I was a, a a senior, so a year after all this happens, I. I have like stomach ulcers and stuff like that. So they're putting the jelly on my stomach like I'm a pregnant lady. And right. the lady's going around like, ooh, and my ma's crying. She thinks there's something wrong. With Got me. it. They're looking for stones. <laughs> yeah, they're and, looking and, for and, something, right, right. man. Issues yeah. in your. But this is all because I was so anxious. I didn't know how to deal with it, you know. So it manifests in this like GI distress this stuff. This GI distress stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I thought I was, you know, I never had that stuff before. I thought I was just dying, mm -hmm. you know. So that made the anxiety so much worse. And that's when I came back to you. Yes. Um, and you know, I, I had, uh, clean shaven and you know, all this different stuff. So for you, it was probably a very strange experience. And I know it, uh, you, I'll, I'll yeah. describe it for a second. Yeah. yeah so the, it had been a couple of years probably since yeah. I had seen you. Um, your, your hair was short. Uh -huh. You had lost how many pounds do you think you had lost at that point? At that point, point I lost 40. Okay. Yeah. But it was noticeable. Noticeable. Um, well, yeah. 40s. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and, and you're demeanor you know all of the any of that pushback kind of um what we're calling delinquent behavior stuff it seemed like it was absolutely just gone into the ether yeah 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 i mean i was at a point where i just needed help you know mm -hmm. <laughs> just and you knew it. it and i knew it yeah and and so i was just reaching out to people and the thing is after that after the stomach stuff i didn't really get my anxiety under control for a couple of years, maybe. 
And it mas- manifested in a couple of different ways yeah. even after that, right? After that. Yeah. So, so, you know, I talk, I lost 40 pounds doing this one thing or a, a diet when I was like a junior in high school or yep. a senior in high school. Uh, but when I, I was a sophomore in college, I got so anxious that I would <laughs> – it's just so funny thinking about now. But I, I went on this really strange diet where I could only eat things that had five ingredients in them or less. And I, I had to cook with pans that I had cleaned rigorously. And my mom came in here and I remember her talking about it once. And she's, she's, she watches me do it. And she yells at me. She's like, John, stop cleaning the pans. Because it'll take me like two hours to cook at this point in my life. You know? Right, right. I, I, I'm cleaning them and I have to boil them. It just... It, became a really weird... And this is all like obsessive fear. All obsessive fear. Yeah. So (laughs) where this obsessive fear comes from, I'm out with my girlfriend. We go to a salad place. I get food poisoning. And after that, I became a vegetarian and just started this weird, really strange diet that I'm explaining now. Yes. That lasted for like a year. Yeah. You know, it lasted for almost a year and it was just awful. You know, I couldn't go out to eat anywhere. My dad would always try and take me out. And I said, no, I can't do this. Because I was just so stressed out that I couldn't even bring myself to think about eating out. And as you sit here now, can you reflect back on that as like, that's me exerting control in an area of my life because my I felt out of control. My body felt out of control. Yeah. I thought, man, if I can just get that pan clean enough, I will not feel this anxiety. So... Yes, because when I went to that doctor with the ulcer, he said, you're fat. <laughs> you right. Know? I, I didn't know he was quite so blunt about it. But well, okay. That's how my mom said it to me. <clears throat> uh, okay. You know, I got the phone call in high school. That's what he said. So I was like, I need to do something. And then once I got sick a, l- a little bit later, and it was just a one-night thing. It was just awful. Well, if you had food poisoning, you know. Right. Uh, it was- <laughs> but it points to how quick anxiety can take over too, right? Because oh, yeah. it was a one-night thing. It's not like you got food that poisoning never, eight times. Yeah. I never had anxiety about food before that night. Right. Never. And then for the next year, I was on this very odd odyssey of this, this journey of just like hating food yeah. and not wanting to eat. And in a very unhealthy way, I lost another 40 pounds. Um, and really quickly, and I, I, you know, it's just, uh, and I think that it's taken me, I mean, that was two years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's taken me to the point where I am now to really get over that anxiety. So it's it's been interesting how anxiety has taken role in first me not getting out of bed. And then it, it, it took uh, me um, missing school and, and uh, doing drugs and all that stuff. Then it took me not doing drugs. You know, it's just taking me through this. And then it's taking me to I can't enjoy food. Right. You know, so different so you stages. Go from like, um, yeah, it's like uh, this indulgence, like, you know, and, yeah. and that's how I'm going to manage it to this restriction, like almost the polar opposite, yes. right? And then you yeah. couldn't restrict enough. I right? couldn't restrict Just enough. Just like probably I would imagine there was a time where you couldn't indulge enough. Yeah. 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 And the restriction went, you know, far into personal issues and stuff like that. And it's... In- including, can, can, if, I, if yeah. I might, the music you were allowed your, allowing mm-hmm. yourself to listen to and play. Yeah. 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 I, I, I was... <laughs> Uh, I was so strict, you know, I, I couldn't even bring myself to play the music that I'd played before. You know, the thought of playing an ACDC song gave me a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Be- because it was what? You know, at, at that point, I don't know if I thought it was too unreligious or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I just worked myself up into this that, you know, if I play that, maybe I'll go back into it. Uh, 
doing drugs or something. Is like that right? That. Yeah. Got it. Uh, that I would back. So you thought, you thought, man, I'm, I'm on that slippery a slope where if I don't hold steady here, I could backslide all the way. All the way. Yeah. And I think that's still something that, you know, crosses my mind every once in a while when I'm uh, playing music or something yep. like that. Yeah. 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 Do, you think, do you think you'll ever not feel that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's something... You know, I've talked to other people that are like an AA or my dad was an alcoholic and just, <laughs> I think I'm allowed to. He, he tells people that, so I'm going to assume I can tell people that. Um, but He's he, very open about yeah, it. Yeah, he's very in, open in, about in a, it. In a very healthy way. In a very healthy way. Yes. Uh, but, you know, he said that I think it's it's an everyday kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's not that. And it's the same thing with anxiety. It's an everyday you need to be on top of it. The minute you stop being on top of it is when you can't eat normal food for a year. Right, you know right, 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 right. <laughs> and you don't want to get to that point if you're going to You don't want it. to get to that point again. What, what, what would you say to the guy who's kind of at the front edge of this? You know what I mean? Oh. Like who's just recognizing, ooh, I have some, some uh, anxiety, maybe quite a bit of it. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm finding that either I'm drawn toward, you know, that Xanax bar kind of raging night or I'm drawn to just stepping out of life. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going out. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. So, so I, it's funny. So I, I did both of those extremes. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, obviously the first part, but the second part after I went through that stomach stuff, I just pulled away. I, uh, you know, I couldn't sleep. I stopped eating as we talked about. I stopped caring about anything that was going on. And, uh, you know, I'd say something like, you need to find something that you can just hold on to yeah, and just do that. Uh, whether it's small or big for me, you know, it's make trying to go to every class that I'm in. It doesn't always, always, that doesn't always work. Right. But, uh, or, you but know, you're doing, but you're doing a, a so much better at that than you once did. Right. I mean, yeah. like in, in, in the, the few you miss yeah. are few. Yeah. 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 And, in a, in a, yeah. And, you know, college is different. Right. Uh, but, you know, just finding something that you can hang on to. And another thing for me is music. And if I'm going to a place that I know is bad, I instantly go grab my guitar. And I, I, you know, I'll play something that I might just sing out my feelings or something like that, um, basic chords with that, or I choose a song that just really gets to me. And, and I think that that is the only reason why I'm allowed to come here and speak to you because of that music. It's the only reason why I'm about to graduate college. Yeah. Uh, it's the only reason why uh, and the, the things that I get to enjoy about life happen. Because I, I've purposely made this choice that I'm going to do something about it. And I think that that's the first thing you got to do. You got to say, I'm going to do something. Where do you think um, your instinct came from? I mean, because the music instinct came early. Mm -hmm. How did you know, like, you know, because it's not, your parents aren't musicians, right? No. How did you know, like, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be my saving grace here? It's uh, my parents are not musicians. Uh, <laughs> John yeah. did laugh heartily at that. Yeah, yeah, it's just you know, listen to my dad. You should hear him sing. It's great. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I think when I look at my life, that it's just there. Are, I I don't really believe in coincidences. Right. You know, I think that I, you know, because now and we haven't really gone to this, but now I use my I use music maybe three times a week to play at a church, right? Yep. And, and I think that I was chosen at that time to learn that style of music to prepare me later for this style of music. Um, 
so I think it was just uh, something that I needed to do and that I was called to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Is there is there a go-to song? Like, you know, when you're when you're feeling anxious or when you're feeling like, you know, yeah. you know what, I need that reset? Mm -hmm. Is there something you play, you know, yeah. like almost, what is it? So I'm going to play it this week at church. It's, uh, <laughs> it's called How He Loves. It's by David Crowder. Um, my dad refers to refers to it as hurricane uh it's it's this great song it's the first song i ever sang in front of anybody at my high school yeah it, it, it's just the words are beautiful and it's just you know if you ever feel like you're not loved in life the song just talks about how loved you really are and it, you know you go through different situations and you think i'm not loved i'm going through this but as i look back on my life i wasn't really going through any of it it was all happening so that I could get to where I am now. Oh, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I can't wait to listen to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a great song. <laughs> yeah. Great it song. sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah. So that's your go-to. Oh, it's go-to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And um, do you picture that that's going to be part of your life music forever? Forever. I, I don't see it stopping. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see it stopping. So... Where are you anxiety-wise, depression-wise now? Now you're, you're what, a junior in high school? Junior in high school? A junior oh, in college, we're, we're, rather. No, 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 no I, mean, oh, I mean now, right now. Right now you like, are... What you happened are, to me? No, right, right. My mistake, my mistake. Um, you're a junior in college. Junior in college? Senior in college. Senior in college. Elmer's College. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so you're about to graduate. About to graduate. Which is, I mean given the journey we're talking about, is really awesome and really remarkable. And you're a diligent guy. You're a diligent student. I, I graduated high school with a 1.7 GPA. Uh -huh. I'm going to graduate college with like a 3.6. It's just... All right. So so any parent listening right now is thinking, you know, how do, what's the formula for that? You know, like, you know, you drag this out of that guy. You know, like, how did you, how did you get to get a guy to turn that page and, and plug in to his life to that extent that he excels mm -hmm. in something that he was failing in effectively. Yeah, how, I mean, that, that's, I think that's like a D average or D plus yeah, average. Yeah, <laughs> that's barely making it, man. <laughs> and, and now you've got a B plus average, you yep. know, A minus average. Yep. Um, how, how does a guy make that shift? I, I just think I found... Uh, I think I found purpose yeah. after all that, and I found that I really wanted to help people that were going through uh, similar situations as I was going through. Yep. And that just pushed me uh, to look at my education as something that, not that I had to do, but something that I wanted to do so that I could get where I wanted to go. So I think, to answer that shortly, I think it would just be to have those mentors that I had that allowed me to identify what I actually wanted to do. Because from an early age, I knew that I wanted to go into nonprofit, which is what I'm going to um, do after I graduate. I knew that um, because I got to talk to people about it. You right, know? right. Uh, years ago, you know, and I just didn't know how it was going to play out. Yeah. Um, so I would say just try and get your kid to talk about what they want to do. You know, and, 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 and be open that uh, to anything it is that they want to do, right? Because oh, yeah. um, working in the nonprofit sector, a lot of the choices that you've made uh -huh. for yourself that have been the right choices for you are not necessarily like, you know, what your parents would have chosen. They, they didn't see your path coming, right? You know, um, yeah. in a way it had to develop organically. Yeah. Um, and they just had to be there to support it yeah. and to provide those mentors to 
teach you and then to hear you out, right? And um, and so there's a whole lot of lessons to learn from your story, right? Because do you ever think like, this could have gone a different way? This could have gone very badly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I was giving uh, I was giving a, a sermon, a talk at a youth camp yeah. about two years ago. The night before I give this talk, I'm at uh, a funeral for a friend that I used to do drugs with because he overdosed. You know, it's just that kind of stuff that just crazy opposites. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, know, you, and is it kind of like, boy, for the grace of God, that could have been me? That could have been me. Yeah. yeah. If, it, if it just went on even another year, you know? Right. Because as it goes on, you get into more deeper stuff. Yeah. And, and obviously they were. Yeah. The people I was around. Sure. All the time. So that, that could, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 um, and he just never had that moment. He never got those, yeah. th- that mentorship or that moment where Great he kid. realized, yeah. I'm sure, yeah, right? Really nice Who guy. isn't? Right. Yeah. 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 Heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. 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 And so, so just to reiterate your advice to parents, friends, anybody connected with somebody who seems off their path yeah. somehow is to is not to lose contact with them. Don't punish them by disappearing. Yeah. Right? Definitely. And not only don't disappear, make other people appear around them. If you can plug them into a church, even if they hate it, you know, they might. Um, but getting them around older people that they can see as, you know, leaders or something like that is really important to me. And even now, I'm connected with people that I didn't think of as mentors a year ago. But now I do, and they're helping me through the anxiety that I'm experiencing now. And is your anxiety level appreciably lower than it was? Appreciably lower, yeah. yeah. I can go out to eat and stuff. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and that, that, you know, that that was maybe a year ago. It, it took it wasn't that long. long ago. It wasn't that long. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, you feel movement as you go. Yeah. So yeah. take me to the future, man. Like, what do you picture for yourself five years from now? <sighs> Duffy. Uh, I know, man. This is, <laughs> I didn't say this was going to be easy, John. <laughs> Yo. Five years from now, I'm hoping, uh, you know, after I graduate, I'll go to grad school, and we've talked about this, and, well, me and him, you guys don't know, but... <laughs> John and I have had a discussion. <laughs> we've talked about it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I hope to go to grad school, and then after that, um, I've always been interested in feeding people. Yeah. Uh, and whatever that avenue kind of takes, I love Feeding America, that's a great place. Yep. But, you know, all these different places, there's a hundred that do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But you intend to do good work. You want to help people. I want to help. I, I, I think those that can help should help. And I think I was in a spot that I needed help and people helped me. Yeah. And I just want to give people the same opportunity that I had. Um, I, I so appreciate you being here and talking with me, man. And I hope people can hear your spirit through these airwaves because um, – uh, from the moment I met you, mm-hmm. there was something special about you, John. You're, 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 you've always been this incredibly kind, gentle soul, yet with this strength and um, this kind of uh, righteous sensibility about you. I, I always figured this guy's going to do great things. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have to get him through these woods. And I, and I think maybe the reason I wanted you on here most is I because you feel like hope to me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and there was a time when if you were just looking at you from the outside, somebody would have thought differently. You know, somebody would have said, I don't want you hanging around with that giant kid. And, yeah. you know, and, um, and so for anybody listening, don't give up on anyone. 
You know, yeah. I mean, that's really the point is that's don't give point. up on anyone and, yeah. and fuel their lives. Um, and, and I like your idea of almost like overwhelm them with overwhelm love, them. you know, yeah. like yeah. It, it, that don't, don't, don't disappear, but overwhelm them with love. And, and if you don't have enough to give, bring in the cavalry, bring in yeah. other people, bring in aunts and uncles yep. and other yep. people who will love them too and teach them and guide them. And eventually they'll get it and they'll Eventually. hear it. and it might and, and who knows what the pace will be right um because it took a few years for this to click in for it took you. maybe five years for me yeah you know and yet you're you're as solid a citizen as i know yeah and i and you know and i'm excited for the contribution you're gonna make man yeah. i mean you're you're um you're one of my favorite people you're one <laughs> of the cool you're, you're 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 a great guy and you do you feel like hope to me thank you so much yeah for uh, sharing your story is there is there anything germane that uh-huh. any point we've missed that you feel like, you know what, I want to make sure if this is going to be my legacy on this podcast, I want to make sure this gets out there. <laughs> uh, no, I like the way you summed it up. Just overwhelm uh, the kids with love, whatever they're going through. And, um, you know, just talk to them. Keep talking to them, even if they don't want to talk to you. Because I, a lot of times, told my parents, I don't want to talk to you. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm not going to. said to me, to. too, by yeah. the way, once or twice. <laughs> and I'm not going to. You can sit there and talk to me all you want. I'm not going to respond to you. Um, but because they did that, I learned so much. And I, I, I can't appreciate them and other people that did that enough. And, you know, and just to end on your last point, I don't think anyone is too far gone that they can't come back Ugh. and go farther. Amen to yeah. that. Couldn't say it better. John, thank you so much. Um, so... You can find. I, I just listen to that wisdom of John. I I, I love this guy. Um, you can find the Undo Anxiety podcast um, wherever you're listening to it, but also on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, LiveLeadPlay.com, and WGN Plus. Um, and if you have thoughts, ideas, um, if you or somebody you know would like to be on the podcast, uh, just give me uh, a quick email at John G Duffy at drjohnduffy.com. As always, I so appreciate you protecting some time for myself and my guests. I hope you've got something out of this one on behalf of John and myself. Thank you so much. I will talk to you next time.